Yeah, what a week, huh? And we chose this song far in advance of knowing that war was going to break out, and yet it says exactly what it needs to say for us. We just keep affirming love. We can always do that. With every step, love. With every thought, love. With every hand that reaches out, love, peace. And we find our own ways to reach out. So our talk this morning, um, my talk this morning, I consider it ours. Be, you're, be free to speak out. Um, y'all are a very quiet con- congregation. <laughs> so in our Pillars of Love series, we talked about love of self. We talked about love for each other, loving our neighbor as ourself. And we talk, and today we're to talk about divine love. And what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, what I would say is that it means something different probably to every person in here. And that's okay because there is many different relationships with God as there are people on the earth. And there's no right way to do it or wrong way to do it. Even the people that say, I don't believe in God, I say, I don't believe in exactly the same God you don't believe in because God's gotten a bad rap. Our culture has given God a bad rap in many ways. So I want to share two different uh, points of view on God. And this is a quote from Peace Pilgrim. I don't know if you know very much about her, but she walked all the way across the country with nothing but the shirt on her back and love and peace. And she found food, she found shelter, she found rides, she found people, she found communities to be with. She took her peace with you, with her, and she found peace. So she says, I took a long walk with my dog and pondered deeply upon the question. Then I went back to bed and slept over it. And in the morning, I had my answer from the inside through a still small voice, a very simple answer that we human beings just lump together everything in the universe which is beyond the capacity of all of us. And to all those things together, some of us give the name God. The first thing I did was to look at a tree and said, well, there's one. All of us working together couldn't create that one tree. There is a creative force behind us. And then I looked at my beloved stars at night, and there's another. There's a sustaining power that keeps the stars in their orbit. That relationship with God, although I'm sure it evolved over time, was enough to get her on the spiritual path. And now I'm going to read a quote from Maya Angelou. And it was actually an interview with Oprah many years ago. She said, God loves me. Each time I allow myself to say these words, I am suffused with tears of gratitude and wonder. I am reestablished as a giving, living, full human being with every right to everything right on this earth. God loves me. 
So Maya Angelou centered herself with those words, God loves me. She knew what God meant to her. Peace Pilgrim centered herself often in nature. She knew what God meant to her. And so if we're going to practice divine love, accept divine love, be in divine love, give divine love, think about divine love, we've got to decide what it is to us. What is it? Which, what's your understanding? Start there and allow it to grow if it needs or wants to. The first thing I will say, you know, I don't give a lot of absolutes, but the first thing I will say is anyone who says, I love God and doesn't practice love for human beings does not love God. Amen. That, to me, is the best and sometimes the only way that I can love God. God doesn't need my love. God is love. I love humans. I love the planet. And therefore, I do what I can to care for both. So is God, what's God to you? Is it a being? Is it an energy? A power? Einstein said the most important question we can ask ourselves is, is the universe friendly? And your answer to that question will determine how you experience life. If you decide that the universe is friendly, then you will be able to look with eyes of God, as some might say, and interpret events in ways that help you grow, in ways that give you hope. And if you decide that the universe is not friendly, then you will look at every event in your life as somebody picking on you or picking on others or picking on the world. Does, does God allow war? God allows everything. There's room in it for everything. People choose war. And when enough of us choose peace, then war won't exist anymore. I don't know where that tipping point is, but I do know this, the peace inside of you that you find within yourself and then share in your words and your deeds out in the world is the love and peace that we're talking about, not necessarily grand gestures. I'm going to read another quote that I um, found this week from Valerie Kaur. Oops, where did it go? Uh, 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 uh. It's hiding. Ah, there it is. Valerie Kaur is the author of a book called Revolutionary Love. What if we made a shield of love? What if this was the moment an unprecedented number of people around the world stood against war? What if we shifted collective consciousness so that never again would any government win support to start a war? What if our voices and songs and actions flooded Russia and Ukraine now, bringing aid and courage and change? We can choose to see no stranger, to see the people of Ukraine as our family and the soldiers of Russia as lost ones who can be called home. We can let that sight shape how we grieve and what we do. Each of us has a role. So, 
the love in you. The love in you is from God. I believe. And I'm not going to tell you what God is. I can share with you what God is to me, which is more an energy and a power and a light than a being, like a person. My name is God, and here's what I'm going to do today. I pick you and you and you and the rest of you. Uh -uh. (laughs) That doesn't work because my God is way bigger than that. My God is love itself. And so every bit of love that I can express in the world to me is expressed from the one love that we all are to whoever. I love my my husband with that love. I love my daughter with that love. I love you with that love. And then I am happier. I am more at peace. I am more open to joy because one of our human responses to war or to any bad happening, pandemic, systemic injustice, is to go, if I'm a good person, I'm going to be really miserable about this until it changes. Your miserableness does not change anything. But your joy might lead you to some thoughts and ideas and enthusiasm that could change things. So we don't stop experiencing our joy. We just encompass that hurting heart into it. So the Sufis, which is the mystical um, arm of Islam, talk about God as being um, that the idea is to not talk about God, but to experience God experience the divine, to let go of your ego so completely that the divine is all that is truly real to you. Doesn't mean you don't brush your teeth. Doesn't mean you don't keep doing what you do in the world, but you begin to see with the eyes of love. And here's what I say to the skeptics. How's your life working for you? When I believe in love and I practice love and I live love and I try to concentrate my attention on love, when I focus on love, when I look for the love in you and you and you and you and even that guy who cut me off in traffic, when I look for the love, then my life is better. When I look for the love, my life is better. So... How long has it been since you asked yourself? And we tend to label ourselves. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ as my personal savior. I believe in Allah. I believe Muhammad is his prophet. I believe in the practice of Buddhism, where Buddha was not meant to be a god, but some people have made him that anyway because that's the way humans are. When's the last time you ask yourself? I'm an agnostic. I tell you what, probably you're using a different toothpaste than you did 10 years ago. Maybe not. Maybe you've learned to eat a new vegetable. Maybe you are branching out and watching a different kind of movie. Maybe you have some new friends. We evolve in life, and so our understanding evolves. But it can evolve without us paying attention, or we can sit down and ask, What is my true feeling about this? What does my intuition, my gut say? 
When I get completely still and stop listening to the outside voices, what do I say? What do I feel? And it's not important what the answer is. What's important as we continue to ask the question so that we don't miss something so that we don't make some seed change inside of ourselves and not even notice and just go on with business as usual. Ask the question. How do you connect? How do you connect to divine love? Maya Angelou says, God loves me, and that opens up a whole world for her. I'm using the present because she's still very much with us. And Peace Pilgrim said, um, I look at the stars, I look at a tree, I look at my dog. Because believing in God is not the same thing as having a connection with love in your life, with having a connection with God. When people say, do you believe? Believe is the least important thing. Action, attitude, words. That's the most important thing. And so how do you connect? There's no right or wrong way to connect. But ask yourself, how do I connect? Music, when nothing else will work, music will connect me. Music will connect me. Meditation, sometimes it just bores the you-know-what out of me, and sometimes I feel a connection. But I know if that I don't sit down, <laughs> I won't ever get a connection that way. So I sit down and meditate. Take a moment to be quiet. You can find God in relationship because love is love is love is love is love is love is love. And all love to me is that divine love. I mean, love is definitely something bigger than all of us. It's a mystery. We don't know what it is. We can talk about it, we can try to define it, or we can experience it. And to me, that is mysticism. That is as close to God as we ever get, is to experience love, to allow ourselves to experience it fully and to express it. So in relationship, awesome. In a warm gathering of people who support one another, in a child, in family, in a friend, in a sermon, in a teaching, in taking a time out, in helping someone else. That's a really good way to connect. Be of service. Be of service. And there are a million ways to be of service. Sometimes a smile is your service to the world. And you may never know that it did anything. But someone who sees it may be deeply affected. A kind word, the willingness to help a stranger, the willingness to help a friend, the willingness to help the partner that cheeses you off. That is what changes relationships. That is what being love in the world means. So I have found a very strong connection with the divine my holy place, 
And holy means wholeness. That's what it means. It means wholeness. Where I don't divide myself into this part of me does this and this part of me does that. But I embrace my wholeness. In the death of loved ones. To be present as someone passes is an amazing, is an amazing thing. It's an honor to me. I have lost my connection because of a death and regained my connection through the death of another. Gotten right-sized again. Let go of my anger. Sometimes we find God in ritual or ceremony, and that can be lighting some incense or repeating a rote prayer or making up your own prayer or whatever. In ritual, in coming on Sundays and sitting here together in a group of people that you know have your back. That you know have your back. These are all ways, and you have many ways that I don't know about. But I know that if you begin to relate differently, if you begin to view nature from your wholeness as yourself, what if you loved your nature as yourself? What if you loved a tree as yourself? Because we're responsible. We're responsible. So we find, we ask, what is it that we do believe? And we, then we ask, what can I do to support that? We, and then we ask, how can I connect? And then we take action on all of that. Or we're just talking about love and it doesn't mean anything. And when you do this, here is what I know. When you are able to do this, and I, please, I don't do it perfectly. You don't have to do it anywhere close to perfectly. You can screw up all the time. But when you invite love in on a regular basis, when you know who you are and you hold that wholeness, that fullness, that some call God and some call by other names. When you are there, then you begin to see that very thing in the faces of other people. And when you see that in the faces of people, then you love them better. You accept them more openly. And this has nothing to do with my sermon, but I'll tell you this. Listening to the stories of people who are unlike you rather than making judgments about people who you think are unlike you will get you to the place where you understand that we all have the same story. It's called human. We all run away from what we're afraid of. We all try to stockpile and embank for some future thing that might happen. We all protect what we love. We just disagree about what it is that we love and what should be stockpiled and who should do it. And I guarantee you the people who are stockpiling millions and billions, that comes from a fear of lack. So how could you live better on $20 million than you do on $10 million? There's no, yeah, yeah. right? So why is it important to get 20? Because it's an identity I've decided that I won't be important unless I do this. I've decided that it could all go 
to hell in a handbasket in a minute and I better keep on and keep on and keep on. We do this. We all do it. We all do it. And when we can begin to hear the stories, and then not even to have to hear the stories, but to imagine the stories, because we all have the same story. We have different experiences. And those of us who are privileged, we recognize our privilege and we listen more to the stories of those who do not have the privilege that we have. And when we do that enough, when enough of us do that, then everyone will become the privileged or no one will be privileged above anyone else. It's just like war. When we make a shield of love, then equality and freedom is the result of that. It's the byproduct. When you have these pillars of love in place, the byproduct of these pillars of love is more love, more joy, more hope in your life. And it's important to keep asking because there is cultural poisoning, unconscious fear, obligation, guilt, rules, a resistance to those rules. <laughs> the idea that we should love others more than we love ourselves. There's all of that cultural stuff going on, consciously and unconsciously. I mean, I can go to a store and buy a bowl. Beth gave me my Christmas present today. <laughs> it was a set of bowls, and we were talking about this. That's really sad. She doesn't shop before Christmas. So when we see each other for a Christmas concert and hang out, we don't have our presents ready. Anyway, she's, she was telling me that she went to the store... And she saw them and she went, what a pretty bowl. And she got home and she opened her email and Amazon had sent her a picture of some similar bowls saying, wouldn't you like these? <laughs> Don't think you're not constantly receiving messages that someone else decided were important for you to receive. And then you get to decide, now, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to listen first inside. And then when things pelt me from outside, I can know who I am and more easily stand in the face of anything. Stand up in who I am. So that we bring back around to oneness. We believe in this community. It's hard to wrap our head around. And as I said, belief isn't that important if we don't do anything about it. But we believe in oneness. We believe that nobody's better or worse than anybody else intrinsically. Certainly our behavior is better and worse and all over the place. And yet, have you never experienced in your lifetime that the very worst thing that could possibly happen to you, happened. And not only did you live through it, you may even have gotten a blessing. If nothing else, some personal growth that might not have happened any other way. Some, another little chink of armor off the heart. So, oneness, what does that mean? It means I begin to 
spend enough time with myself in quiet, reaching for love, asking for love, asking to be a vessel of love, focusing my attention on love. Divine love, if you want to call it that, God's love. Love is love is love is love. And so when we spend time and attention, we grow a better relationship with love, just like our friendships and our partners. We have to spend time and attention or we won't have a relationship. So that's the final thing I want to say. Time and attention. You already are that. It's our job to just sit down and recognize it and then to go forward and act from it. Thank you.